Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. Well, it's no surprise that we're the crime capital of the world. When you have the Hawks, the SIU and the police all reporting to a president of a country who himself has been found and admitted to stuffing his chairs full of dollars, or you have a commissioner of police once dismissed for corruption, and then you make him the minister of police. And until there are consequences for your actions, in other words, when you're caught stealing, you go to jail. Unfortunately, we will remain the crime capital of the world, Mike Newlands. The South African Police Services needs to cleanse itself uh, of corrupt elements within their ranks who are working hand in glove with the organized crime syndicates. Uh, secondly, we need to sort out the issue of the borders. It's a free for all, whether syndicates coming from Eastern Europe, coming from China, in Africa, anywhere in the world, is easy as APC to enter this country illegally and do as you please. Uh, as voters, we need to sort out our political situation in this country if we are determined to correct what is wrong with our republic. This is Dogozo Kanyele Echewin. Good morning, Bongiwe. Good morning, Dogozo, as well as uh, Mike. Thank you so much uh, to you both uh, for your voice notes. We've got more of uh, these voice notes, and we'll bring them for you a little later on. And uh, this, of course, segues to our conversation, the 2023 Global Organized Crime Index released earlier this week, revealing that South Africa is one of the worst countries in the world regarding organized crime. The report highlighting that the country has experienced a decade-long increase in criminality, undermining democratic processes through organized corruption and and violence for hire. The criminal economy is fueled largely by networks with corrupt relationships, while heavily armed organized criminal activities include drug trafficking, cash and transit heists, wildlife poaching, and cable theft. The index released on Tuesday showed that South Africa scored a 7.18 criminality score out of 10 meaning we are ranked the seventh highest in the world and the third highest in Africa. Now, in, uh, in our Sunday morning discussion, we are examining why South Africa is failing to cast off its reputation for criminality and what will it take for the country to resist and combat criminality and organized crime syndicates. So let's discuss this now. We're joined on the line by Professor Jakob Bakhaisen, Head of Criminology and Criminal Justice Department at um, the University of Limpopo and uh, Karam Singh, Executive Director at Corruption Watch. Good morning to you both and thank you so much for your time. Karam, I'm going to start with you. Firstly, your reaction to this particular report, given the fact that we seem to have now moved up places. Uh, good morning and thank you so much for having me on the program this morning. Um, I suppose my immediate reaction is is uh, is a reaction, obviously, of concern. Um, you know, it's quite quite alarming at some level, but I suppose it's also something that is not uh, incredibly surprising. Um, obviously, from Corruption Watch's standpoint, we track uh, issues of corruption uh, in the country. We know that corruption is is directly linked to issues of organized crime. Um, you know, we know, you know, following the revelations and findings at the Zondo Commission of Inquiry that we went through a very difficult period 
uh, of state capture, but I suppose many would argue that we still uh, kind of living in an era of state capture. We're still dealing with issues of grand corruption. Um, you know, e even during the time of the Zondo Commission, we had uh, revelations around uh, corruption in in the PPE area. Uh, we've continued to see huge corruption scandals, such as issues at, uh, at Tembisa Hospital uh, in Kaoteng. And we know that linked to these uh, uh, corruption scandals uh, is the is the issue of organized crime uh, and, you know, everything that comes along with that, including threats of violence uh, and intimidation and even the assassination in some cases of key whistleblowers who seek to expose these issues. And Prof, one would then, um, you know, want to take a step back, especially when we talk about organized crime. Some people still get confused about what exactly do we mean. So in layman's terms, how do we describe it? Okay. Um, yeah, it's not surprising that we moved up. Organized crime is any criminal activity committed by groups of people with a common purpose to enrich um, themselves to, uh, I'm just going to do a really simplified definition of that. We can go more uh, technical. Yeah. Um, this crime usually is internal and has external links to other countries. Um, for example, just like was mentioned during, during our COVID time, uh, one of the, the markets, organized crime markets that exploded due to um, let's just say misinterpreted legal um, ideas is the tobacco, illegal tobacco market. If we never had the ban on tobacco, um, we wouldn't have seen this black market and illegal cigarettes exploding. So, uh, and most of those cigarettes came from Zimbabwe and Mozambique. So you have criminal networks that enrich themselves um, selling or transporting or using goods or getting money for doing illegal activities. Um, that's as simple as I can explain it. And Prof, you say that it's not surprising that we've moved up? No, if you if you look at the past 10 years, you look at the economy of South Africa, you look at what has happened with law enforcement, with crime intelligence, with the NPA, um, the hollowing out of um, basically the criminal justice system. Um, the fact also that the focus has shifted in, in the discourse all about crime and the victims of these uh, crimes have been put to the wayside. Now, for every criminal activity, there is a victim, and especially so for organized crime. Organized crime not only victimizes direct victims, if we talk about human trafficking or drug trafficking, but what you have is a whole society full of victims because this crime, organized crime, affects the economy. I mean, there's less money, less opportunity, and more desperation that breeds um, so it's not surprising if you look at what has happened to the police, mm -hmm. um, the NPA, the SIU, the Hawks, um, the hollowing out in the last 10 years um, uh, has led us to this now. Um, and as some of the academics have been speaking out about this, but it falls on deaf ears. We should have seen this coming the moment we were grey listed.
in the financial markets. This should have been a warning already that this would be coming. And Karam, you know, one of the other things that the report talks about, yes, and on a grand scale, 83% of the world's population living in conditions of high criminality, but bring it back to South Africa, a haven for mafias to launder money and established companies for money laundering activities and high levels of corruption in the public sector. That's highly surprising, especially when you talk about, um, you know, the Zonda Commission's report, as you alluded to a little earlier on. But one of the things that it also talks about, which is quite important, is around the fact that, um, you know, in Parliament, a majority is also being used to stifle some very crucial investigations. And Parliament has been one of the institutions that it was looked at sharply, even in the Zonda Commission's report and the recommendations. Where does it place it then in the fight against corruption? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the there, there is a broad challenge around a democratic governance that, that we're sitting with. And I, I think Parliament has come in for immense amount of criticism for the role that it played in, uh, uh, during the state capture era. You know, par- in, in a kind of mature functioning democracy, we have an expectation that Parliament is going to play an oversight role and is going to check the power of the executive. But what we have is a, a weak separation of power system in this country where, uh, uh, you know, the, the interests of, uh, of the ruling party seem to, in many cases, override the interests of the country. So what we see is that the, the, the governing party's majority in parliament uh, uh, has led to a situation where parliament is not playing that oversight role. It's not... Uh, properly scrutinizing appointments to key positions, and it hasn't been playing the role that it needs to play in terms of scrutinizing key pieces of legislation. So even now, we have key pieces of legislation going through Parliament that are going to have an impact broadly on the environment in terms of corruption. We're looking at issues around public procurement. There's issues around the appointment of leadership of uh, IPID. There's issues around reform of the uh, uh, national intelligence sector. In all these cases, we see that there's significant deficiency in the legislature. And I think this is going to be a big issue when elections come next year in terms of really demanding more from our elected representatives in terms of protecting the country and playing that oversight role, uh, particularly when it comes to these issues around corruption and organized crime. And uh, I'm going to come back with that very point, um, you know, around protection of the country and what does it look like. But let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll have a caller and also a voice note, but also speak to you, Prof, even about how do we begin to protect the country? Because we're seeing the issue of firearms uh, availability is huge in this particular report. Mafia-style groups are also being associated with South Africa. You look at some of the human trafficking and and, and all sorts of illicit, um, you know, things that are happening that are giving concern, um, you know, when it comes to this particular report as one just reads through it. But let's take a short break. We're back straight after. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. As long as there is a government and companies to be abused, violent people, lazy people, need of violence and and so forth, there will be organized crime. The only way to eliminate organized crime 
would be a, a, a very highly effective crime fighting a, a limited government and a fast growing economy. Peter Rampatelamashit, good morning. Good morning, Peter. Thank you so much for that voice note. I do understand we've got Vuiswa from uh, Parktown North in Johannesburg on the line. Vuiswa, good morning to you. Briefly, your take? Good morning, Bonyo. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know what, Bonyo? The problem is we have, uh, we, we, we landed in this state of, uh, you know, being seven, in, 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 in number seven in the world countries that are, uh, are, are, are more uh, inclined. It's because of these scholars, the very one that you have there. They know about these things in your media. Because we cannot leave all this work to government. We have affluent suburbs harboring serious criminals. And you have NGOs and media coming to say, no, uh, you, 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 you can't do this. It's an office. We need to crack down the affluent suburbs Cut down your Mayfair, your Fort Scott. But it shouldn't be Soero only. And, 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 you know, and poor suburbs, uh, townships, that uh, they expect that criminals come from there. If they know about this for such a long time, they saw it coming, why don't they actually assist? Because they have a criminals in affluent suburbs. We, 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 we actually witnessed this. Because so they. Yes. Vuiswa, is it, is it just, though, a problem of foreign nationals? Are they the only criminals yes, it, in yes, South Africa? Yes, it is, Bongi. We but learned I, in this state. But I'm asking, are they, are they the NGO, only criminals? Yes. Are they the only criminals? Are they the only, I'm as not, you are I'm not saying we are holy as South Africans. But the worst crimes that are happening in this country come from foreign nationals. Your Pakistan, your, your, your Bangladesh. You know, I can give you a list of them. And they know it, the very scholars. It's an international, uh, it's an international scandal. They know it. I know because I grew up in, in certain parts of the world where it's growing up in exile, what's happening in South America, what's happening all over. If they saw it coming, like your terrorism, your guns, they always come here, scholars, and tell us about this thing. They saw it, how it started. Well, why are they not assisting government actually to, to, to keep this crime? Why is the media not doing, doing that? You know, because when every day we are accused the South Africans of things and of Yet they know exactly where this thing comes from. All right. And they come here and tell us. If you see danger, don't sit in the high halls of the, of, of the universities and come and tell us something that you can also solve. Is government listening, though, Vuiso, just before I let you go? They is do, government they listening? They do, because NGOs come, your media come, especially you, the media. No, 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 it's not. Okay, okay, let me and do this. And then you jump and then you, you tell us that Let no, me ask you the uh, question in this manner. Let me, ask you, let me ask you in this manner. You say government yeah. is listening, right? We were grey-listed. Yes, we were grey-listed. We were grey-listed. Did you see yeah. any movement towards ensuring that the Zondo Commission's reports, recommendations are implemented speedily? It's not speedily? about the Zondo Commission, it right? is. No, it's about crime that is happening on it, the ground. But, but remember, remember, this particular report is talking about organized crime, right? And it's not the first time it's coming out. Well, so my anyway, question if you is... you sit down and study this, it's, crime is an international syndicate. And what are and we doing in South Africa? It's, 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 it's an international scandal. 
It's happening all over the world. Yes. We choose countries which they are going to create. Actually, they are creating a Mexico in South Africa, all done right. by foreign nationals, which the media need to work hard also. And these scholars, they must stop sitting in the buildings and, and, and telling us things that they are not going to actually help us to solve. We need to solve this thing together. Whether and that's in true. Sports, whether we are in the media and everywhere, we have to stop. We must stop talking about this on the commission. We are dealing with a serious thing here. People are dying every day for their cell phones, for their cars. Government is not there, you know. You, 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 because it's in the, it's in the suburbs where people that are, are, are writing right. in the affluent suburbs okay. are doing crime. Thank you very much, Bui. So I still do say, though, that if you if you say that we've got to have an approach that brings everybody to the table, it's important to talk about the problems. It's important to diagnose the problems. It's important to diagnose them correctly as well in order to understand what we are dealing with. Is it a policing issue? Is it an issue of our porous borders? Who is in charge of these porous borders? Because is the media in charge of the porous borders? We certainly aren't. There is a ministry that is tasked with protecting the borders of South Africa. So if you talk about the influx, where do we look at? Is it just the media? But let's have this conversation then on the other side of this. Sunday morning discussion on Weekend View. How are you, my sister? I don't even uh, believe that South Africa should be number seven. I believe it is supposed to be the first. It is supposed to be the first. Why? Because there is a lot of criminality here that that is caused by the by the liberal so-called liberal constitution, a constitution which gives more power to the criminals than civilians. All right, let's continue then with our conversation. I'm going to come back to you, um, Prof. Um, you, you heard what Vuyiswa said, and uh, I'm, I'm going to leave it to you to, to respond um, to some of what she said. I mean, blaming the, the you know, scholars like yourself saying you are not helping government, certainly not speaking to government, the media, is also not um, characterizing issues correctly. There's an issue, of course, of the influx, to, uh, influx rather, of, uh, you know, illegal foreign nationals. Let's talk about what she's had to say. Okay, first of all, um, just to... Uh, South Africans have this tendency to not introspect and lash out. So it's easier to blame um, foreigners for our own problems. Yes, foreigners do commit crime. But here's the thing. In the early... Uh, uh, 90s, late 80s, the UN released a, a report on on organized crime and, and movement of illicit goods through countries. And it found that um, organized crime, as we know, it wouldn't exist if we didn't have corrupt officials at border posts, at um, all the different levels of government to facilitate the movement of people, goods, drugs, and guns. So we have to introspect. Blaming scholars, uh, and this is what Becky Sele also recently did, uh, for saying there's an anti-police movement. There isn't an anti-police movement. 
um, there's an antitrust in the police at the moment. And that's not from academics. It's generally in, in South Africa. Um, what can be done? Uh, capacitate the police better. Bring back specialized units. Bring back, um, uh, fix the legislature that we have, the, the laws. And if you have the laws on the books, actually enforce it. Take care of your victims. Make sure um, that um, things actually move. Um, you know, I've heard um, through research, and I've been reading a lot about this, is that these days companies work in basically gratuities in how they do business in South Africa. Gratuity is just another name for a bribe, just to get things done in, in South Africa. So we need to have a strong law enforcement, uh, capacitated law enforcement. The, the judiciary should and the prosecutor should be free and fair to uh, prosecute. And then um, there should be consequences. I mean, it doesn't help someone gets uh, uh, found guilty for committing fraud, but only gets two years and that money is gone. Um, so there should be consequences. There should be uh, a whole new look at how we will combat crime. Because yeah. currently, the, how the police view and combat crime is so late 90s, whereas we're now in 2023. There's a lot better things to do and uh, things that can be done. But we, we're sort of always a few years behind the rest of the world for some reason. And uh, Karam? Uh, on on which which question specifically? Um, you, I don't know if you heard Vuyiswa um, and uh, her saying that you know it's 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 all our fault. Um, yeah, that no, I mean, this I think, is what's I happening. Think, yeah, she. I mean, I think she's right to be frustrated, uh, and and I think uh, everybody has a role to play. You know, even you know the National Anti Corruption Strategy talks about an all of society approach. So whether it's the business sector, whether it's uh, academics and civil society, we all have a role to play. But but let's be careful about uh, uh, scapegoating anybody, particularly foreign nationals, for this, because um, you know that you know we, we we get into a dangerous area uh, uh, of kind of xenophobia, and and we know that there's both domestic and foreign influences when it comes to issues around organized crime. Um, so it's it's. Uh, it's absolutely all of us have a role to play in in, in combating it, but um, you know the critique still stands that um, that the trust deficit that we sit with that the prof talks about is a problem which ultimately resides with with the police, with the leadership within the police, and with those who 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 have oversight over over the police. And after you know a ten years of state capture after the Zondo Commission, I think we still left with this fundamental sense that we have a policing challenge in the country and that we haven't fundamentally uh, rooted out issues of systemic corruption within the police. So, I mean, that's got to be something which has to be a focus of uh, uh, the new new parliament coming in. And we can't blame uh, academics uh, or NGOs uh, for challenges like that. And, Prof, one of the things she mentions, though, it's something that's very huge, and that is around everyday crime. 
everyday crime. People have their cell phones taken from them. We now see video circulating on social media of just everyday crime. And that is one of the big concerns. And I wonder if there is no strategy to fight organized crime at the top. What about then the strategy to fight the cars that we see stopping and grabbing people's cell phones, grabbing people's bags, people going missing, being kidnapped? We see videos every day on social media. Look, it's all interrelated. It is really all interrelated. Um, kidnapping has ties to organized crime, um, cell phone uh, uh, snatching, uh, car hijacking. It's all interrelated to organized crime. The more organized crime there is in a country, the more uh, let's call it street level crime you will also find. Mm. Violent crime, um, economic crime, because it's it's a cycle. You need uh, fast products to move to make money to buy bigger products to move that. Um, so stealing cell phones, selling that, get money, buy drugs, sell the money, drugs, get money, sell guns. You know, it's it's a cycle. Mm. So um, you have to look at street level crime. You have to have a. a, a a good strategy regarding that as well as um, organized crime you cannot look at it as two separate entities you have mm. to look at it as in a gestalt and i think this is where the problem comes in in government is that the police um, has its own ministry separated from justice and we're one of the few countries where this is split yeah whereas it's the criminal justice system where um, the NPA, the police, uh, and the prosecutors should work, and, and justice should work together. But for some reason in South Africa, and that's historical reasons, um, it's split into two different ministries where there should actually be one ministry with an integrated approach to um, protecting victims, combating crime, yeah. combating um, um, corrupt activities, um, but right. for some reason, it's it's split. And that's one of the problems we have. I wish we had yet another, uh, you know, half an hour to talk about this because there's so much to talk about. But let me thank you both for your time. That was Professor Yako Bakhazen, head of uh, the Criminology and Criminal Justice Department at the University of Limpopo in Karam Singh, Executive Director at Corruption Watch.